Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the final episode of the Just Baseball Show in 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll do the sappy shit at the end. Uh, Arm kind of did it at the end of yesterday's episode. So if you want to see some vulnerability from the guy that markets himself as being the least vulnerable person on the face of the earth. That is so ch- not true, you asshole. Great way to start the episode. <laughs> uh, all three of us like, you together me again. That way. What? You market me that way. Yeah, but you kind of market yourself that way, too. Uh, well, hey we guys. just baseball show. Peter, Jack, Aram, let's talk baseball. Hold on. Hold on. I was going to say that, but uh, we talked about it at the end of yesterday's show. It, in terms of being able to tap into their sentimental side, it probably goes Peter one, me two, Aram three. Fair? Did you say that or did I say that? I think I said that and you nodded and said, I agree. Yeah. So I'm willing to be vulnerable. To be that way. I'm willing to be vulnerable. I'll talk about it. Whatever. How's Peter's New York? Game vulnerable, which I I admire. I admire. Um, New York fires off the like "I love you all" tweets. I'm like, yeah, right there, right there. Yeah, I love you all. I love all the listeners, right here in my heart. New York's fine. It's not as cold as I thought it would be. Uh, I thought I was going to get whipped in the face by that New York freezing cold as soon as I got off the plane. Uh, but it's fine. It's like 40 degrees. Uh, it's not the 70 in California, but we're making do. I'm back in the apartment. We got Otani behind me. Mookie to my left. We're doing well. They doing very, very well. Yeah, they must have missed you over there. They did. Well, well Otani looks Sorry, rather somber. Mookie looks happy that you're back. Otani is like, yeah, Otani does look a little sad back there, but it, it's fair. It was a picture from last year. He's serious. Yeah, he's locked in. Hey, real quick. Um, my brother, I'm I'm home in Chicago right now for just a couple of days. And he said, hey, can I hop on the podcast with you right before I started recording? And I said, name one thing that you can do that will provide benefit to the Just Baseball show. And if you can name one thing that you can bring to the table, I will let you get on this podcast. And he said, well, I go to school in Northern California so I could be your Oakland A's correspondent. I said, okay, Finn, name one player on the Oakland A's. And I heard... Coco Crisp was the first name, which that's was awesome. Great start. And then I heard Sean Murphy. And then I heard yeah. Matt Olson. Then I heard mm-hmm. Matt Chapman. Then I heard Sean Manaya. And then I heard Chris Bassett. And then I heard the dude that throws really low that was in the movie. And I said, Chad Bradford. Yeah, he said, yes. Gone. And then he said, Chris Pratt. He didn't even say how to burn. <laughs> Chris Pratt. <laughs> Chris Pratt so- killed that role. Uh, that's Scott Hatterberg. Um, No, 
Well, speaking to that, which that is hilarious, uh, our guy Clay Snowden put out one of my favorite pieces we put out on JustBaseball.com. Uh, go check that out. It's called The Last Dive Bar, which is, you know, what it's what Oakland's Coliseum has been called because it really is like a baseball's version of a dive bar. But it's about these this group of guys and gals that are just diehard fans that you know, turn their fandom and and, you know, social media presence as the the you know mega fans of Oakland into a way to give back to the community. And it's funny because we always hear about. You know, these fan bases like the Marlins and Oakland and whatever. It's like, oh, you have no fans. I I agree. Relatively speaking, there's no fans. But there's always a facet of diehard fans. And I think especially in those beaten down organizations, it's like you've got to have a different level of passion to hang around. And I don't want to spoil the story. It's awesome. It's an interview that Clay did with them. He actually went out to Oakland and went to a game with them. But they've raised almost over $80,000 for Oakland, the Oakland A's charitable foundations. They've worked together with the organization now, and the story is remarkable. Definitely go check that out at JustBaseball.com. Clay did a phenomenal job. A couple notes on that real quick. Um, Not only did Clay go out to Oakland, he went out to Oakland as part of his honeymoon. (laughs) On his honeymoon, he said, I want to go to an A's game. (laughs) Can you imagine what his now wife would have said about that? Hey. She sounds like a keeper. Yeah, a total keeper. The fact that they're still together after that, I applaud them. Great where job. Do you think the, where do you guys think the A's are going to go? If you had to guess, right now you had to put be, a stake it's down. Gotta it's got to be Vegas, right? Vegas. Which makes me so sad because that story in itself just shows you like how even with the like low turnout, there's still so many people there that really could care and will be impacted by the move of the team. But it's it's business, and Vegas seems like the no brainer, right? I mean, like. It's just it's such an easy spot for a franchise and not well, that far for them, right? Like, and, how far is that, Peter? Uh, well, it's in Northern. It's it's decently far. Northern I mean, it's a kind of it's thing. it's not like it's, L.A. to Vegas. Yeah. No, no, it's it's a drive. Yeah, yeah. it's it's probably what, 10, 12 hours, maybe oh, wow. Okay, yeah. be around there. It's it's Still far. regionally relevant, though. Yeah. Hey, it's a two hour flight. Vegas is Oakland's AAA affiliate. I feel like that's ignored. Big time, right? Like, so it would be a seamless move. Um, you would just be downsizing. <laughs> and uh, we know people love downsizing in, in this climate. So um, we're going to spend the next 45 minutes comparing the Boston Red Sox to Southwest Airlines. You guys ready to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a New Year's resolution for every single MLB team. Should I yeah. start with the AL East? So here's what we're going to do. Uh, each of us took a geographic region. So Peter's got the East. I've got the Central. Arms got the West. We do AL and NL. So uh, front part will be Peter and we react. Middle part will be me and you guys react. Uh, and then back part will be Aram and Peter and I will react. So yeah, go ahead and start with the AL East. Uh, it's quick, like one sentence maximum. Usually it's three to four words just describing what each team should make their main New Year's resolution uh, for this coming year. So Peter, get us rolling, man. Perfect. We'll start with the New York Yankees and their New Year's resolution is no more excuses. Mm. So Yankees, you got Aaron Judge, you got Carlos Rodon, you are projected second by war by fan graphs. The Mets are number one and you are number two. Damn You've made it to the ALCS now. You know, the excuse is we just can't get by the Astros. We can't get by the Astros. But the Astros, they lost Justin Verlander, and you added Carlos Rodon. So you shorten the gap there. You got your big superstar. You are projected to be the favorite coming out of the American League. 
So it's kind of World Series or bust, but I don't want to hear any excuses this year from the Yankees. Bullpen looks good. Everything looks as good as it's been. I know they still haven't addressed left field yet, but around the diamond, it's about as good as you can get. No more excuses, New York Yankees. None. Yeah. I like it. Thoughts? Also, excuses, which it's like a multi-level thing too, right? Generally speaking, like it's been a long time since the Yankees have, have really put it together to the level that their standard is, right? We haven't seen them in the World Series since 09, if I'm not mistaken. But also, how about all the little excuses that Aaron Boone was making? The roof being open killed us, you know, this and that. Like, I don't want to hear that. You know, I think Boone is well-liked in the clubhouse. And, you know, I think he's just trying to go out there and, you know, kind of take the first round of bullets for his guys. But we need more accountability, I think, there across yep. that team because – the last thing that Yankees fans want to hear, I can, and I, this is one of the few times I think I could speak for Yankees fans, they don't want to hear shit about the roof, man. Like, no. you guys lost the game. They want to hear why you lost the game and, and accountability, not the roof being open killing us. So I think it's a multi-level, no excuses thing there that I like. And yep. one thing, too, like Brian Cashman, he comes out and he says, like, Aaron Hicks looks great in left field and rehab and Donaldson and IKF. Okay, then don't make excuses later on the season when you're when saying that perform. moving into it. When they don't yeah, perform. Don't act shocked when they don't perform. Exactly. You know? yeah. You're all right, these are the guys. Okay. Then don't make any excuses when they inevitably suck. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. Jack, anything last before I move on to the Red Sox? No, I mean the Yankees have a great chance to make New York the Mecca of baseball. And, you know, we talk about Madison Square Garden as as the Mecca, right? But the Knicks are not you know, like I, I'd much rather turn on a Memphis Grizzlies game. I'd much rather turn on 15 other teams over the Knicks. Um, I think with what the Mets have done and with the lack of moves from the L.A. Dodgers, I think that the Yankees have this great opportunity to focus every baseball fan's eyes on New York City because you could have the two best teams in baseball like we saw for a month this past season in New York City. And that's a really unique opportunity. Don't drag my 18 and 17 Knicks seventh seed right now into this. I love Jalen Brunson, man. I love watching Brunson. He's good. He's Julius really Randle thinks he's Clay Thompson. Sometimes he scores, but he's actually, yeah, we'll move, let's move on. <laughs> Boston Red Sox, New Year's resolution, lower ticket prices. <laughs> Boston Red Sox, um, you know, I think they're going to finish last. I'm on record saying that. Um, I think they only got worse from last year. And John Henry, Heim Bloom, they made these little moves here and there to like appear competitive with Kenley Jansen, with Justin Turner. But you lose J.D. Martinez, who's been one of the best hitters for you for the past half decade. I know last year he wasn't really that great, but when he signed with the Dodgers, I know in the back of every Red Sox fan's mind, they said, well, he's going to be back. And of course he's going to be back because and he's also, one of the hardest gonna, workers. They're just not going to plug in a 790 OPS guy. Like they, The, the, the at-bats are not going to someone that's going to put up, I think, even that. So it's still a loss. And then how about plugging in Xander Bogarts is almost 900 OPS. Like we're relying on Brian Bayo to take a huge step forward and maybe he would, but I think history and the fact that he's still a really young pitcher would say that he might just be a couple years away, but we do think he's going to be a good pitcher. Will Chris Sale be healthy? What's going to happen with Nick Pavetta? Garrett Whitlock, a lot of Red Sox fans are excited to see him in the rotation, but then you remove him from the bullpen where he was so good. So overall, the rotation doesn't scream anything. The bullpen is fine. And then the offense is fine. I have them worse than the Orioles. 
because while the Orioles haven't really done anything, I'll get to them in a minute. I still think that they were better last year and they either got a little bit better adding Grayson Rodriguez to the fold or and you have a full season of Gunner, full season of Adley. So if I'm John Henry and Heim Bloom, I'm doing a favor to the fans because you didn't do them a favor by signing or adding anyone. Lower the ticket prices. Yeah. At least yeah, make it that, fun to go to Fenway, have them get a beer 12 to get through yeah, the game. We'll, we'll give you a worse product and you're going to pay more for it. Sounds yeah. good. Anything else, Jack? I don't think so. The Red Sox stink. <laughs> yep. All right. Tampa Bay Rays, please stay healthy. So the Rays last year were pillaged by injury. We saw the bullpen completely fall apart. We saw Wander Franco play less than 100 games. We saw Brandon Lau. A lot of the guys, Manny Margot, outfielders, like the whole team, while it did perform well over the full season because it's the Rays, a lot of their team got hurt. We saw Tyler Glass now come back at the end of the season. But guys, on paper right now, the Rays look loaded. Their number, what are they right now in projected war by Fangraphs? They are fifth. It's the Mets, the Yankees, the Padres, the Braves, then the Tampa Bay Raves. Tampa Bay Rays. Like Christian Bethencourt has a projected 2.2 war. Like we'll see, but they also have Mejia. Jonathan Aranda is a prospect Arm really likes, but they have Yandy Diaz, who was incredible last year. Harold Ramirez, Isak Paredes, Brandon Lau, like I said, Wander Franco. Randy Rosarina, Manny Margot, Josh Lowe, they have really good players. And then when you look at the rotation, it's incredible. I mean, it's just Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, Tyler Glasnow, Jeffrey Springs. It's hard to find a better four. And then we can talk all day about the bullpen. If this team stays healthy, they're one of the best teams in baseball. If they stay healthy. Yeah, so in 2022, it was McClanahan than everybody else. And Rasmussen took this crazy step up. But we were deprived of the McClanahan breakout coupled with Glasnow. And we were deprived of the McClanahan breakout coupled with Boz. We're not getting Boz. So now hopefully we get this three-headed monster at the top of McClanahan, Glasnow, and Rasmussen with Boz continuing to get healthy. And that, when we get to the postseason, if Shane Boz is around for postseason baseball, much like Tyler Glasnow was this past year, I mean, that is a scary, scary postseason four. And I think Tampa has a chance to pounce, assuming health. They're they're going to add 80 games of Wanda Franco, which is, which is fantastic, right? They're going to add a full season, basically, of Tower Glass. Now they're going to add another 60-something games of Manny Margot, who was playing at a really high level before getting good up last year. Jose Siri was playing well for them after they added him at the back end, so they'll get a full season of him. Brandon Lau, they're going to get 100 more games of. So, like, this is a team that's going to just add a bunch of dudes back if they're just healthy. So that's why I love, I love the stay healthy thing. And then a lot of their top relievers, or at least a lot of their relevant relievers, were hurt last year. Uh, so I think they're going to return some of those guys as well. And I think this team again, yeah. If they stay healthy, they're making a threat for that for that top spot in the AL East too. I think they're they're right up there with with any other team in baseball if if they're right and if Wander can take that leap. Yeah. So the, yeah, and I was looking at Fangraphs projected WAR, and there's obviously like the projecting five point two WAR for Wander Franco, which is right. it's it's a bit excessive, but at the same time, it's Wander Franco. Like we He's all think he could be a five to seven WAR player, 
And why not next year if he stays healthy? So there's it's ambitious in their projections. But you look at the roster and you think to yourself, they could do it. Like this team is good enough to get there. All right, let's move on to the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, my New Year's resolution for the Orioles is pick up the damn phone. And the reason why I'm telling you to pick up the damn phone is your offense looks great. They're projected, I think, 11th in war, and you get a full season from Gunner, full season from Adley, like I said. But the rotation still needs work. Like, Johnny Cueto is still available. That's a guy who you can add right now. You can call up Johnny Cueto's agent and say, let's plug him in. He'll get you outs. You could call up the Miami Marlins and say, we'll take any of the pitchers. You could call up a lot of different teams looking for pitching. Mike Elias, and you guys talked about on the episode, I think one of the most disappointing offseasons because of the rhetoric that came out of their camp. If they didn't say anything at the beginning, we wouldn't have gone in with expectations. But Orioles fans and us came in with these expectations, and they've done basically everything else except get players for their team. So pick up the phone. Go get some pitchers because if you add a big-time pitcher, let's say they add a Pablo Lopez and a Johnny Cueto, I think they can compete with the Blue Jays, right? Pick up the damn phone, Orioles. Yeah, Michael Waka, you know, that's another one. I The advanced analytics don't look great, but you're going to put him in a, in a much better uh, part to pitch in, so I think that could offset some of that a little bit in terms of the underlying numbers and yeah, I mean, they've got so many dudes that it, it seems like a no-brainer to make the trade. I just went on Locked on Orioles to talk about it uh, with Connor Newcomb. Like, it, it seems like it should have been done already. So the Orioles, they're, they're a couple moves away from being competitive in 2023. We know the future looks bright. But, yeah, I, I was shocked that we did not see more from them. And, you know, we spent a whole episode breaking that down. So I agree. Pick up the freaking phone, Michael Elias. Can I pitch you on a two-for-one deal, one prospect for two pitchers? Sure. Do it. Send a DSL guy to the Nats for Patrick Corbin and Joanna Dunn. Are, are we trying to help these teams or are we just in? trying to crush them? Are you in? No. no. Doesn't sound like you guys are in. All right, moving on. All right, we'll move on to the Toronto Blue Jays. Their New Year's resolution is this is the Jose Barrios year. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is I'm not projecting Barrios to be this amazing pitcher. I don't know what we're going to get. But what we got in 2021 was, or 2022, excuse me, was the most disappointing player, I think, in all of Major League Baseball. And we know that the offense is going to hit. We know that the bullpen is at least above average. We know Manoa is going to be good. We know Gosman's going to be good. And we assume that Chris Bassett will be solid. But I think if Jose Barrios can deliver what he did with the Twins, we could see this team going and competing for a World Series. But I think if Jose Barrios looks like Jose Barrios of last year, this team finishes third, makes the playoffs, and doesn't make any noise. I think he's that pivotal. Like, obviously, George Springer's health is really, really important. But we just know that lineup is going to hit. We assume we're even going to get more from Vladdy than we did last year. Bo Bichette had a really slow start to the year. They get Dalton Varsho. They have a full season of Whit Merrifield. There's a lot of really good pieces there. Full season, again, of Alejandro Kirk. There's a lot of good pieces here. And they might just hit their way. And even if Brios is bad, they might just be so good that it doesn't matter. Bassett's even better. But I assume we might see a little regression from Bassett. I think it's possible. 
maybe a little regression from Manoa. Not a lot, but some because he was unbelievable. If Jose Barrios can go back to what we saw in the Twins, this team could be incredible. If he's bad again, this is a first-round exit. They made the postseason in spite of Jose Barrios last year. Mm -hmm. So if they get help from a guy that's super talented, the league is their oyster, right? Especially with this upgrade with Varsho in the outfield and you already, you know, you almost clear up some traffic and you clear up some headspace for Kirk and Danny Jansen with Gabby Moreno out of the picture now, right? So I think that this offense is, is so solidified and, I'm not sure if they got better, actually, because you lose Gurriel and you lose Teoscar Hernandez, but you add a guy like Varsho. I think you know the lineup got better. I'm not sure if the offense got better. Does that make sense? Like, I think Varsho offers some defensive versatility here. I think the position-playing core got better. Yeah, like um, you're talking about they'll, they'll, they might have a higher war, one through nine. Higher war, in terms of lower WRC+. Straight hitting bombs, less. I see what you're less. saying. Yes, yeah. higher war, lower WRC+. What they needed, plus. honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd much rather have a higher war than than WRC+. Plus. I If I'm going to improve in one, it would be in the F4 department. So um, I, I think that they got better. And if Jose Barrios is not the third worst qualified starting pitcher in baseball this year, I think things are, are going to go really well for them. With you. The Jose Barrios here. Cool. 100%. All right, should right. I move on to the NL East, or do you want to go AL Central now? I can go AL Central just to break it up a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. And then Arm will go AL West. All right. Um, I'll start with the Guardians. And the Guardians' New Year's resolution should just be to hit more homers. 127 team homers uh, was the second fewest in Major League Baseball, only ahead of Detroit. But they've since added Josh Bell on a two-year deal. They added Mike Zanino. They get a full year of Bo Naylor. And George Valera and Yankensi Noel should both make their major league debuts relatively early this year. They add power to a power-starved lineup. I think that's the only ingredient missing from Cleveland being a legitimate contender in Major League Baseball. I agree. I think we saw that in the playoffs, too, where the offense just kind of came back to bite them. Because when you're facing the best pitchers in the world, you need some guys in your lineup that can add a run on one swing. When you have to continue to piece together hits against some of the best pitchers in the world, it gets increasingly harder as you move into the playoffs. We saw that against the Yankees. They edged it out against the Rays. But, I mean, that, what was there, eight runs scored in three or four games in the entire series. So I agree. They need to hit some more bombs, even though their identity is to get on base. But to make it farther in the playoffs, they need to hit for power. Did they win both of those wild card games? Because they swept them across two wild card games. Did they win both of them one nothing? Something like that. It, yeah. it might have been two one in game yeah. one, but I do know that it was a solo home run from Jose Ramirez, and then in that one nothing game, it took until the fifteenth, and they got a solo home run from Oscar Gonzalez. Like there was. No stringing together pace hits in the postseason. So instead of having to rely on two of the nine, now you can bank on five of the nine, putting up 20 homer type seasons. Yep, I agree. So, all right. uh, Next one is the White Sox. Have some courage. Um, And to that, I say, I'm going, I think, a different way than you guys are expecting me to. Because I I can't sit here and promise you that Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez are going to be healthy or Yohan Moncada is going to bounce back or Tim Anderson is going to be healthy. Um, what I can say is 
the biggest fault on the White Sox 2022 season was what they did not do at the trade deadline mm-hmm. because they had the division there for them to grab. It was a terrible division. And yet with as bad of a year as they were having, they still were within like three, four games. And what was their big trade deadline move? It was Reese McGuire for Jake Diekman with the Boston Red Sox. Like what a joke. What a lack of urgency and what a lack of gonads, of testicular fortitude. So I need to see some testicular fortitude from the White Sox. That's why they need to show some courage. I mean, <laughs> I I was floored by the the fact that they that Andrew Benatendi's deal is the largest free agent deal they've given, but there's some fortitude, right? I mean, it's the largest deal they've they've given out uh, in terms of free agency. Uh, I think he helps. I, for me, the biggest key is is health, right? With the White Sox, if if it wasn't the Rays, the White Sox were the most banged up team. Uh, if they have that health there, I think we'll see a little bit more urgency from them at the deadline. But, I mean, you had just too many players banged up throughout the year for them, I think, to feel confident enough to go for it, even though the division was wide open. Yeah, Jack, they couldn't give $18 million to Gene Segura? I mean, they $17 million priced them out. No, it didn't price them out. Honestly, like I, I kind of liked it. They refrained from doing it. Why? He makes them immediately better. And yeah, it's but like Romy, Romy Gonzalez, maybe Lenin Sosa. What? I don't know. I don't know. I, I get it. Like it's just not the White Sox way to spend seventy five on one guy and then seventeen on another. Like that's just not what they do. That's a lot. You're right. Yeah, I should be nicer. That's it's a, a lot, lot of money. It's a lot yeah, of money. It's almost a hundred million. They've got a sweet pregame light show, though. It's kind of yeah, awesome. yeah. I can't wait for them to go seventy nine and eighty four. Oh, all right, seventy nine and eighty three. <laughs> the Twins' New Year's resolution should be not to lead the league in strikeouts, and I, like I think one. it's going to be. I think it's going to be an uphill battle. Um, <laughs> Byron Buxton had a thirty one percent K rate this past year, and what do you do to that lineup that is boomer bust? You add Joey Gallo, <laughs> you add Matt Walner. Uh, I mean, you have to hedge those guys with Luis Arias and Gilberto Celestino. Like, think if they trade Luis Arias, I'd put my life savings on them leading the league in strikeouts. Correct, correct. Gallo, Walner, and whoever the fuck else in that lineup, if they trade Luis Arias, I mean, that's going to be K-City. It's going to be, I think it might be an unbearable product offensively some nights. Um, and, and I hope that for the sake of Twins fans, they make it more bearable a teensy bit each night. Yeah, they might be the first team to only have three true outcomes every single AB. Correct. No other outcome once. <laughs> no other outcome one time. If if a rise is off the roster, that's the case. Exactly. So that's that. Um, all right. Next one for the Tigers. Don't let Torque and Green get down on themselves. Mm. And Aram and I actually just talked about it a teensy bit on the call-up that's coming out today. Um, we redrafted the 2019 MLB draft, which was a fun, fun exercise. So go listen to that on the call up. We did the first 30 picks. Uh, but, you know, we were talking about it like all the Tigers notable hitters, both in minor league baseball and in major league baseball that had down years. And you look at Torque, who stunk to the point of getting demoted in his debut season. Riley Green had like an OPS right around 600 in his debut season. And then you look at Dylan Dingler at the double-A level, and Gage Workman at the high-A level. Like, it was all really bad. Ryan Kreidler at the double- and triple-A level. So, um, new regime in the front office. 
Um, hopefully they're scrubbing this thing clean and, and starting again from scratch. And I mean, dude, if, if Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson have another really rough year because there's zero protection, I mean, you're starting to to alter the way you look at these guys in their major league career. So I, I think this is really make or break for Torque and Green. I think what says what do you, the most Arm, is that, is that, Yeah, Arm, what do you what do you think? What do you think we're gonna see from these two guys this year? I think I think they're gonna bounce. I, I specifically Riley Green, I think, really bounces back. I think Torque too. Um, but I, I think I really believe that the organization was was not doing a good job top to bottom in terms of hitting philosophy and just even talking to some guys within the organization. They felt very stranded. Um, they didn't feel like there was much to work with in the previous regime. And I think it's ironic that the only guy that absolutely mashed last year in that entire system was Kerry Carpenter, who went outside for hitting instruction, went outside of the org and did his own thing with a different hitting instructor and and totally overhauled his swing. And he was the one breakout, you know, offensive guy really in that system. Don't think it's a coincidence. I didn't know that. Yeah. That is so that is so damning. Yeah. That is so damning with the Tigers. I do like that they've got the new the new regime here. I I do think that they're going to get them right. Yeah. Oh no. Then the last one of the AL Central is Kansas City. And I was thinking about wording this in a much more sharp and mean way, but I'm going to be a little nice about this. Find a second serviceable starter. You've got Brady Singer. What's next? Jordan Lyles on that two-year deal? Is Lyles like going to be the guy for this young lineup to complement that? How about uh, Ryan Yarborough, who you just picked up after he got DFA'd? Uh, is Brad Keller going to be good? Is Daniel Lynch going to be good? How about Bubich? How about Jackson Kowar, who had like a 7 ERA in AAA this past year? I mean, it's Peter's just, just so... overs right now, and it, like he's closing his eyes and just envisioning all of the overs. He's yes, exactly. Dude, they're going to hit. Like, they're gonna all hit. the numbers they're and formula fly by. Uh, <sighs> Dude, I mean, I think I think the Royals might be involved in some of the highest run totals that we see in Major League Baseball this year because the lineup is going to hit and the pitching is going to allow other teams to hit. So if, if you can find somebody else uh, and make 40% of your games watchable as opposed to 20% when Singer's on the mound, uh, that can serve them really well. And it's not even just that, too. End of games, they had one of the worst bullpens ever it seemed like like it was you know i was taking overs too and it would be two to one in the fifth inning and i have an over under of eight and a half i'm thinking to myself ugh, well that's a loser six runs scored in the seventh and then the royals come back and score four they lose eight to seven and it's all in the later innings too like even if you get a good boobage start even if you get a good daniel lynch start even on that one day you get a good brad keller start the game is still up in the air, and that's the problem with the Royals. No matter how much they hit, they did not address the bullpen, and these signings of, as foolish baseball likes to call, the Chad Innings Eater of Jordan Lyles and Ryan Yarborough, who is better as like an opener, not as an actual starter. I am worried about the Royals, and, you know... I don't know who's – yeah, I, I have nothing else to say. They, they remind me a lot of the the Marlins, 2008-2009 uh, Marlins teams that just raked that and had nobody to pitch, like Dan Ugla, Josh Willingham, Hanley Ramirez, like all those guys, and even Miggy for, before that. Like they always had teams that could hit, couldn't pitch, young talent. Everyone's like, oh, wait, if they find some pitchers, and then they never do. Hopefully the Royals do uh, because this could be a really fun team soon. Well, yeah, they we're did bagging. 15 years late, the Marlins. Yeah. 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 We're bagging on the uh, 
pitching, but the offense will be good. I'm excited yeah. to see Wit. Like Wit had a quote unquote for all those on YouTube bad year when he was like 2020. And you know, it's just struggled with the glove, but that'll come. He was switching over from short and third. He'll be Dude, he was five. 20 30. Yeah, he's 30 awesome. for 37 in the stolen base. We, we, we just talked about that on the call up too funny enough. Just like that's his disappointing rookie year. Yeah. Like, cool. I'll yeah. take that. He's <laughs> gonna be really, really good. And MJ Melendez, they're all gonna be good. Yeah. All right, Aram AL West. All right. Well, I get to start with <laughs> with the classic Angels team, which I'm gonna say do or die. Um, and I know it feels like every year was do or die, but this year is actually do or die because you have the second year of a new general manager. You have Shohei Otani who has expressed his displeasure with their, you know, losing in the most respectful way possible. If Shohei Otani saying he's tired of losing, he's got to be real tired of losing. You have Mike Trout who's not getting any younger, right? And I look at the moves that they've made and I like them, right? I like the moves they've made. But if, if this year falls flat, it won't be because of inaction. It'll be because the moves that Perry Manassian made weren't the right ones, which means there's going to be some questions about the GM. And if there's questions about the GM, you think Shohei Otani wants to be there? You're yeah. not re-signing him. You're not extending him. Um, again, Mike Trout, he might not be going anywhere, but he's getting older and older and older. So this is the year for me that they don't need to win the World Series. They don't even really need to be like a first place team, right? But if they can just hang around maybe sneak in the playoffs. I think that could be enough to show that they're heading in the right direction and enough for Otani to say, Hey, I'll, I'll re up with these guys and, and other players to want to go over there. Cause there seems to be the desire there. So this is the make or break year. I think for the direction of the angels, if they're bad at the deadline, you know, I think they'll be listening on anybody. And I think Otani might say, Hey, I don't know if I'm going to extend here. They might have to trade him at that point. So this is a very pivotal season for them in terms of what direction they're going. Can I offer an alternate resolution? Yeah. 30 plain emoji tweets. I want a full season of Mike Trout traveling. Yeah. The thing is, um, I've been on the trade both of them, conspiracy theory hat, tinfoil, because I just think they could get a legit entire team for those two guys if they were decided to trade Mike Trout. I mean, imagine that package, and then imagine the Shohei Otani package. You have two Juan Soto-esque packages, maybe even more. I mean, that could change the scope of your franchise forever. But instead, they're going to roll with them, and they've made some nice moves. So now they've handcuffed them, not handcuffed themselves, because they are going to be good, but they bought fully in. Like, they signed Tyler Anderson. They've made moves now. You're getting back a healthy Rendon. We might have to be on their overwind total again, even though it's not going to hit. But I do like it again. I'll live and die. I'll, I'll, live, <laughs> I'll live and die. die. Screw it. Are we going to be on it when we do our gambling episode? Are we going to be on it? Because we have to make a decision. I think I think I'm on it. And I bet all of those. I bet everything we put out. So we're going to have to be on it. I'm on it. All right. Astros. Astros. Just keep doing you. Right. I mean, like, it, it's it's pretty simple here, man. This is a dynasty. Um yeah, they lose JV. Isn't it crazy that they lose Justin Verlander, the Cy Young winner, who Hall of Famer, and we're we're not even really that worried about it, right? They're going to plug yeah. Hunter Brown. In. I'm not saying he's going to be Justin Verlander, but they're going to plug Hunter Brown in. They're going to have other guys. You know, they're going to have a healthy Lance McCullers, and we're just not really worried about the rotation being a top eight or five rotation in baseball this coming season, even without JV. We know what the team can do on the offensive side of things. I think it could do even more, to be honest. And I like the additions they've made. They've got a healthy Michael Brantley back. Just keep doing you. 
I would like them to grab like a depth arm because Jose Urquidy, I don't think that's like should be starter. Yeah. Just, I mean, for example, like a Cueto who's still out there, I wouldn't mind them just grabbing him, but even if they don't, it won't really matter. But my question is, are you going to get Johnny Cueto 150 innings this year? I don't think you do because you've got Valdez, Javier Brown, McCullers, Luis Garcia. Then you've got Urquidy here as well. Um, Odorizzi's off the team now. He's in Texas. Um, yeah. You know, I, so my thought on Houston, like, yeah, they just added Jose Abreu. Great. Like, the lineup is awesome. Again, and your Don is your Don. I don't think there should be guys with more confidence on the mound this year than Framber Valdez and Christian Javier. Mm-hmm. Like, those yeah. two should be on top of the world right now. What about Forrest Whitley? Ooh, that works. Hey, his his delivery is weird as shit. Has it always been that weird? Yeah. It looks so like I don't want to say bad, but it looks so uh, not bad. clean. It's yeah, bad. it's bad. Okay, it looks yeah. really bad. Um, Oakland A's, have fun. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple, man. Like, what the hell else are they out there to do? Um, for the fans, look, I, I, I'm torn because I think it's good for baseball to you know have a team in, in Vegas in terms of money, but I don't like seeing teams relocate. I don't at all. I like seeing more teams pop up. I'm cool with new teams. <laughs> But, you know, I want fans to enjoy it. You know, I remember, again, referencing back to the Florida Marlins, when when there was uncertainty about the Marlins stadium, you know, it, whether they were going to get one in Miami, I was checking every day in the Sun Sentinel Miami Herald to see what the updates were. And I didn't understand the business side of it. I was really young, but I knew that there was a chance that the Florida Marlins could move to another state. And that was like heart gut-wrenching for me. So I enjoyed every single game, even though they stunk. The last out in the old Marlin Stadium was Logan Morrison. Um, but, like, and I'll just remember, like, all, every single game, like, down that stretch there until they locked in the stadium. So, for, for the fans, just enjoy it for what it is. They're going to come in last. They're going to stink. They're going to be horrible. For the players, it's a lot of guys that wouldn't get opportunities elsewhere, right? So, they're going to get an opportunity to prove themselves. There's going to be some Joey Manessis type type of, of player emerging here. There's going to be some players that, you know, get to show that they belong in the big leagues. And so, just have fun. I got a soft spot for the Coliseum. Some of my first games there. The last it was, dive uh, bar. Yeah, last dive bar. Um, I, I think it's funny enough, after now living in New York City, um, Yankee Stadium and City Field have surpassed. But I went to Oakland more times than I think I went to Dodger Stadium because that was always a trip I made with my dad. And so even though it's such a dump, I'm always going to love that place. I hope they don't move. Like the yeah. the fans, even when they're bad, they show up, and when they're good, they show out. Yeah, like and this is for not showing up at the end of last. Yeah, year all the moves that they made. So, yeah, that's, it's just not when when we don't know some of the players on their team, when we don't know, that's a disaster. Photos. Yeah, yeah, shout out Dermis Garcia, the guy yeah. guy played. Yeah, played. Good for him. Seattle Mariners, Jared Kelnick. That's yep. literally that's my New Year's resolution for that's that. The solution. That's the like New Year's it. resolution because guess what? They traded a lot of their depth there, right? Jesse Winker gone. Yes, they added Teoscar Hernandez, but Kyle Lewis gone. I know he wasn't a part of what they were doing last year, but you look at the outfield situation. If Jared Kelnick doesn't hit, they're relying on Cooper Hummel, maybe Dylan Moore, Taylor Trammell, Sam Haggerty. Like of the of all those names, there's only one guy that has the potential to be an All Star, and it's Jared Kelnick. What was missing from this team in the postseason? 
offense. We don't have any questions about J-Rod, Ty France, Eugenio Suarez, Cal Rowley, Tay Oscar, even Colton Wong. The big guy that's going to put them over the top is Jared Kalnick. I don't know what in the world's wrong with this guy over the last couple of years. We know how talented he is. He's still 23. Jared Kalnick is literally the X factor. I don't know if there's a bigger X factor in, in the major leagues for a team than Jared Kalnick is for the Mariners this coming year. I think the only one you could argue is Jose Brios with the Blue Jays. Yep. It's yeah. very similar. Like Absolutely. they made the playoffs. These two teams played each other, and Kelnick was a nothing burger. Yeah. Jose Brios, a nothing burger. If they're both amazing, these two teams are great. If they both suck again, they're probably not going to get better than they were last year. So I love it. It's a good so one. Taylor Trammell has been the king of um, renting places and not buying a home anywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> A couple flips of the coin on this. Uh, on one, if Jared Kelnick is good, that probably means that Taylor Trammell is looking for a new home. Um, if Kelnick is bad, I think Taylor Trammell should just buy a home in Seattle, Washington. Yeah. So while I would love to see, you know, Taylor Trammell have a mortgage in his name, um, I think Mariners fans would be happier if Kelnick actually worked out. Trammell could rent like keep buying up houses and just kind of be a like an Airbnb guy. That'd be good. Uh he could be what? Like a like a property flipper. Um yeah. I know that's how you make passive income. So so maybe Taylor Trammell, he might just be the king of passive income in Major League Baseball. What if he comes out like after his career he'd be like I made more money from renting out my houses across the country than playing in Major League Baseball. That'd be sick. That'd be <laughs> awesome. Be great. I would love if he like vlogged about that. The new minimum, 700K. I mean, he's he's, make, he's bringing it in right now. And uh, he's going to hang around the big leagues for a while. Good to have this guy, too. Texas Rangers? Texas Rangers. So, for me, it's actually stay the course because I see the, the urgency to compete. And I understand that you have a 34-year-old Jacob deGrom that you paid a billion dollars. I understand that you just signed Adia Valdi. I understand that you have your, your middle infield that costs half a billion. But this is a team that is heading in the direction for sustainable success. You know, that, that is building for the present, but also building for the future. We just talked about the Texas Rangers top prospects on the call up. I would hate to see them. And I don't know if they're I don't think they're going to do this, but I would hate to see them, you know, hanging around 500 at the deadline and shipping out Owen White. Or, you know, I don't think they trade Jack Leiter because of the way he's become that like prospect face, but shipping out an Owen White and a few other prospects, you know, for for a rental or for whatever it may be. And then all of a sudden you're mortgaging the future for the present. And right now with the way that they're trending. I think they could build sustainable success here because a lot of their pieces are going to be good for the next three, four, five years. DeGrom's the only exception to that. And and I think you could still hope that DeGrom's good for three years if he stays healthy. So stay the course. I believe in what Chris Young's doing. I hope that they don't let, you know, the taste of competitiveness and the excitement cause them to mortgage the future because I think they're building a decade plus of of good baseball here. And I hope Chris Young was transparent with these guys that they're signing in free agency that that could be the case. Like, hey, we might be a couple games over 500. We might be hanging around in the wild card conversation this year. But you got to trust us. Um, because if they get overzealous and, and they jump on that opportunity, then all of a sudden, w- what you're saying, right? So much of the prospect capital can't pan out to be big league contributors. Um, I I guess like... They probably didn't make that promise to somebody like Nate Yavaldi, who was on a two-year deal, and Andrew Heaney, who's on a two-year deal. But with DeGrom on a five-year deal, you got to look him in the eyes and tell him, like, hey, year one might not be it. 
Like we're paying you to be the guy in year two and three of your contract when we have a young nucleus and you're leading the way. So I hope that that was the conversation with this free agent class. Absolutely. I agree. Um, It's funny enough too. the Rangers by projected war. They're around middle of the pack on offense. Um, And I think Fangraphs is a little bit low on that. But do you guys want to know where they're ranked, their pitching staff this year? It's got to be top three. No, it's sixth. I mean, it's close. But like, if that rotation stays healthy, this could be a really good team. Well, bullpen probably hinders that. Um, Yeah, probably. Right? Starting rotation alone, I bet they're two after the Mets. They probably are. Yeah, this is pitching. Pitching you know, war projected. Clark and Jonathan Hernandez and you know, Brock Burke was great last year. Brock Burke was great. Yeah, that's that's their guy. Brock Burke's their bullpen ace. So yeah, they, they got some stuff to figure out there. And at least, and at least, New Year's resolutions for the NL East. All right, New York Mets. We'll start with them. World Series or bust. Dot dot dot. Forever. <clears throat> as long as Steve Cohen owns the Mets. And he puts out payrolls that continue to break records. If Carlos Correa ends up signing on the dotted line, which he hasn't yet, this payroll will be north of $500 million with fees because they have to pay this incredible luxury tax. It's, I think it's projected to be around $384 million plus around another 110 in tax. Yeah. I mean, that just destroys every other payroll by so much. It's funny, right now, only the Yankees and the Mets are projected to hit the luxury tax um, because the Red Sox, obviously, they stopped paying people. The Giants never ended up paying people. The Dodgers have gotten below it. Shot um, the Phillies aren't there. Yeah, I don't think the Phillies are there right now. They might be approaching that the first bar, but I don't think they're there yet. We'll um, they the may ARB end up being at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Arb numbers. But right now, those are the only two. Um, and if you don't win the World Series, I f- it's a failure. That's yeah, the no, that's how with the Yankees. Um, that's how it is Two with Hall these best pitchers. teams in baseball. Exactly. First ballot Hall of Fame pitcher. First ballot. Yeah, like should be ninety five plus percent. Should be can pretty much unanimous. Now we've got a couple of shitheads still voting. Yeah, of course. Of and th- th- this might be the last year where Max Scherzer is in the top five pitchers in Major League Baseball. No, don't say that. He's going to be 55 years old and he's going to be a that, top five pitcher. That's why I said might. I did not stamp a flag on is <laughs> <laughs> this is. I said it might because that's this is the beginning of the end for Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Max Kellerman said gets. about Tom Brady. Like yeah. Max Kellerman and Tom Brady. Oh, this is finally time that he's fallen off a cliff. That was like six years ago. So I'm yeah. never counting him out, but I'm saying capitalize no, it's now. It's, it's, a fair, it, it's fair to bet on father time. Uh, that, yeah. like, you want to seize the moment, 100%. So that's why for the New Year's resolution for the Mets, World Series or bust, not just this year, Whatever. as long as Steve Cohen owns the Mets. Yeah. Moving on? Yeah. Atlanta Braves. Will the youngsters repeat? And they had a lot of their great players last year, including like Kyle Wright, who won 20 games, Michael Harris, rookie, there's Spencer Strider. Um, and now they lose Dansby, so you're going to put in Vaughn Grissom. I'm not saying will all of them regress. I actually expect all of them to, again, keep building on it and having great years. But a lot of those guys were very important pieces to this Braves team. So kind of short and sweet because we know they're going to be really good. Um, we know all of those players at least have incredible amounts of talent. Just 
just will they repeat the same amount of success that they did last year? Because a lot of this Braves team is now built around a very young nucleus. Will they show what they did last year? Will Strider build? Will he add a third pitch? Will Michael Harris, you know, he didn't walk all that much last year. He struck out kind of a lot. Will he figure out some plate discipline things? Von Grissom, how will he do it short? Kyle Wright, can he replicate that success when some underlying metrics would say that he might be due for regression next year? Not totally. I still really like Kyle Wright. But there are just some numbers that would say, I don't think he's going to win 20 games again, and I don't think the ERA is going to be as good. So I think they're going to be great again, but we'll see. So not a resolution, just a, like a question is yeah. – how good is the starting rotation actually going to be? Because I look at this starting rotation, I'm like, wow, there aren't very many that are better in Major League Baseball because they're seven deep right now. Because you've got Freed, Strider, Wright, Morton, and finally, thank the heavens, a healthy Mike Soroka. And then you're hoping for a bounce back from Ian Anderson, who we already know is really good. Like, he's just got to find it again. And then Bryce Elder is a lot better than I think a lot of people around baseball give him credit for. He is just saluted. He's the best seventh pitcher in Major League Baseball. And Kyle Muller was the best eight in Major League Baseball, and it wasn't close before he went to Oakland. Like, he's going to be the two for Oakland uh, after Bradley Waldich. Oh, God, that's so bad. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, like... They were eight deep. They, hell, they were nine deep before Huascari Noah had Tommy John in September. So, like, they are just so, so deep, and they're so good, one through eight, now one through seven. Um, are five of those seven guys actually going to be really, really good? And I hope for them the answer is yes. Yeah. All right, moving on, Arm, unless you have anything left. No, I, I agree. It's it's all on the youngsters for them, and they they bet on them financially so i i I believe in harris grissom's the big the big x we talk about x factors there's another one top top three x factor right there is von grissom unless they do something else yeah philadelphia phillies i think this is a good one don't let yourself get hung over and the reason i say that is the phillies have to also realize that during the regular season they were not a juggernaut like they made this incredible playoff run and they made it to the World Series, and they gave the Astros their all. And But don't let yourself hang on that hat and take games off during the regular season. We saw Nick Castellanos. He made a, he made a point where he's like, sometimes my focus just wasn't there. Like The Phillies need all the focus possible, especially because Bryce Harper is not going to be there for what might be until the All-Star break. You add Trey Turner. You add some rotation pieces. You're getting better in the bullpen. This team is primed to make another deep run, but don't hang your hat on we made it to the World Series. We're better than the Mets. We're better than the Braves because right now you could still easily finish third and be bounced in the playoffs in round one. And it could be a kind of a, it, right? like, or not make the, it. That's the They barely part. made it. Like we'll it's the see. But to, to make the playoffs, right? Because there's so many good teams. We've got Braves, Mets, Dodgers, Padres. Uh, you look at the Cardinals, and, and there's only so many spots in the National League. So you start slow, you struggle without Harper. It could get away from you quick. So we know how good the Phillies can be, but I agree. You you, got to stay locked in here and and try to win 90 games because 87 games, you slip a few, all of a sudden you're you're fighting for a playoff spot again. And, um, you know, we know what they can do when they get there, but you got to get there. Yeah. And we see it in the NFL happening right now. 
Los Angeles Rams, Cincinnati Bengals. You could either follow the Rams model where they won the Super Bowl and then they've been dog shit since, haven't put it together, guys got injured and they've just had a lost season. Or you could be like the Bengals, maybe a little bit of struggles early on, but ever since like week four, they've been a machine. Be the Bengals. Be be the Bengals. Don't be hungover. Don't be complacent. And I'll believe in you again, Philly, because I do believe in this team. I think they have something. They just got an energy that I that I'm really starting to love. We got about 15 minutes, so we'll we'll speed it up and go a little bit more rapid fire. But what I will say real quick on the Phillies is I think they have already drank their Pedialyte by signing Trey Turner. Um, yeah. Like I, I already think they're not going to be hungover because Dave Dombrowski saw how fucking close they got, and he was like, "I need a 300 million dollar shortstop," and they went and got one. Then do it. All right, this one will be quick. Miami Marlins, imagine if they had a lineup because we know the rotation goes six or seven deep. They're all great. They might trade some of them, but it won't even matter because they have depth. They just have nobody who's going to hit. I like the signing of Gene Segura, but Mm -hmm. I just don't see them competing this year because they didn't invest in the offense. They still could do it. A trade with the Orioles still could be in. But again, like let's say they get Stowers. Let's say they get Hayes. Those guys aren't pushing you over the edge. Imagine if they had a lineup. That's all Mish is saying. Mish has been saying, you know, at the Miami Herald that they've been talking big bats and it's in the ball is in Kim Ang's court to make the deal happen. So I'm guessing the price is really high. Kim is nervous. Uh, How bad do you want it? Take a chance here. So we'll see what they do. Joe Adele and Michael Stefanik for Jake Heater and Troy Johnston. Yeah. I mean, that we're not even going to post a graphic of that trade. That's how irrelevant it is. All right. Uh, Washington Nationals, similar to the A's, playing with nothing to lose. You got all your top prospects. Just play them. Joey Manessis, really cool story last year. Let's see if he see if he can replicate that success. Um, they're going to be awful, but they could be fun to watch. Abrams is going to be really cool. That's all I got on them. Yeah. All right. NL nothing Central. What? NL Central. NL Central. Uh, let's start with the Cardinals. Don't let starting pitching slip through the cracks. We've had this conversation about starting pitching all the time. There's going to be a chance to upgrade at the deadline. For the love of God, do it. When the Red Sox are in fifth in the AL East and they're trying to flip Corey Kluber, go get Corey Kluber, man. Like I, They need to find starting pitching, and I think they will do it because this lineup is World Series ready. They just have so much depth on offense. Like they have so many guys who they could trade. They just want to hug them so tight. And I know depth is important, but when you have real pieces that you can turn into a big time pitcher that could put you over the top, they're just too chicken shit, honestly. <laughs> like their Mosaic is just chicken shit. Yeah. You stay in the course, but this is a team that I think they don't need to stay the course. They're at the finish line here. You'll yeah. Push it across and trade anybody not named Jordan Walker, really. I think that's where I'm at, if, if it makes sense, right? Don't trade just to trade, but they can make some big-time moves. Right, and I like what they did with Quintana and Jordan Montgomery. Like, Quintana and Jaymont are going to spawn again this year, so go do it. Yeah. Uh, the Brewers, don't let disappointment in Christian Yelich steal the show. This year, because I feel like the conversation that we had about the Milwaukee Brewers after the hater deal where it was like, oh, they're not you know, really competitive right now. Um, so much of the conversation, particularly around the lineup, was about, oh, imagine if Christian Yelich was Christian Yelich right now. And I think they did a great job by getting William Contreras. I think they did a great job by going to get Jesse Winker to try and hedge that. So if Yelich stinks again. Don't let that throw your entire season out of whack. And I think they have a contingency plan. I love that because I think what it really boils down to at this point is you got to know what you're getting. I think you can hope for a little bit more, but 
hoping for MVP Yelich at this point is just setting yourself up for disappointment. The last two years, I think it was fair to say, okay, can he bounce back? I think at this point, it's can he just be a, a solid player, which I think he can be, right? He's a two to three war player. That's extremely disappointing from what he was. But I think if you go into the season expecting him to be an MVP candidate, you're going to be disappointed. It's going to take away from what is, I think, a, a really fun core that they're putting together here in Milwaukee. I agree, Jack. Cool. I like it. Cool. Cubs, sell those number seven jerseys like hotcakes. <laughs> the future is coming. The bats in the outfield are coming. Cody Bellinger is a perfect bridge. Um, the pitching got better with Tyone. Uh, I don't know if you want to call Drew Smiley an upgrade, but they've got some pitching depth and they've got more starting pitching prospects coming through. But you have your franchise shortstop. Dansby Swanson is a very attractive individual. He has nice hair. He has nice facial hair. Uh, a lot of Cubs fans are going to love Dansby Swanson. A, because he's really good at baseball and B, because he's super attractive. What do you do with a super attractive, good baseball player? You sell their jerseys like crazy. And marketable and a pro's pro. Yes. This is going to be a big over team. Not like the Royals, but this is going to be an over team. Wind blowing out at Wrigley on a summer day, hammer. Oh, no, it's you don't think. You just go, and you (laughs) will win. Like, it's crazy. These games end 14 to 13. Doesn't matter who's pitching. Doesn't matter who's in the lineup. If I see 20-mile-an-hour wins, you you can look it up. Go to – this is just a tip. Go to Wrigley. You can look up the Wrigley – what's it called? It's like – you know that website? It's like Wrigley wins. Just look it up. And there's this website that tells you if the wind's blowing out. (laughs) I check it every morning just in case when it's at Wrigley. If it's 15-plus, over. Put it in. It hits every time. In the butchered words of Friedrich Nietzsche, um, the German philosopher, real winners just act on instinct. They don't think. So, um, all right, the Reds, reward your fans, please. Like, (laughs) I'm sure they're running out of, I'm sure they're running out of patience for you, um, especially with some of the comments that ownership has made. A lot of these prospects are are really, really close. (laughs) What? He said, where are you going to go, basically, for fans? Right, exactly. So a lot of these prospects are really, really close. You're going to get your first full season of Spencer Steer. You're you're going to get your first true season of what the young pitching core can look like with the Lodolo, Green, Ashcraft, you know, Williamson, if he has a nice couple of starts in, in triple to open the season. Um, and then Ellie De La Cruz, man, he's probably going to start the year in triple and he'll be up. So I, I think that, you know, this is the year to, to really buy into Reds baseball because you're getting in – at the ground floor and you don't have to go through the shit years where you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Uh, rookie of the year betting. Um, here. First one is going to be Ezekiel Tovar because what am I not going to tell arm? Number two, <laughs> Spencer Steer. For the same Let's reasons go. as Jonathan India. Yep. So many at bats. They're going to give him run and there's nobody grittier. He's turning into like my Cal Quantrill as an offensive player in the National League. If I need a walk, he's got me. If I need a double, he's got me. Like he has his best moments in the big moments. And there's not that many big moments for the Reds, but he's always up and he always delivers. I love him. I love him. You know who I just said on the AL side on the call up? I think Hunter Brown is my guy that I'm going to like push my chips in on on AL rookie of the year. I think yeah, Steer I, is like locked to have a good good offensive season. Yes. And it's really just gonna take somebody else going nuclear, you know, to 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 but he's the safest bet. I love it. Um yeah. someone that's gonna compete with that is is on the D backs, right? And Corbin Carroll. And I'm oh, sorry, do you I have still got team? the Pirates? Oh, of course. Call up Jack McMullen to, to broadcast the, the big league games. 
Uh, no, I was going to say double the attendance total because now you've got a full year of O'Neill Cruz. Um, you've got a lot of young, exciting guys that are going to be up. The pitching is going to be more enjoyable now. You get a full year of Rowanzi Contreras. Um, Andy Rodriguez should not be down in triple for the entire season. You're going to get, you know, Burroughs and Priester up there quickly. I think G1 Bay is electric. I, I think the team is getting younger and more exciting. The attendance total was low last year. Doubling it is still bottom half of the league, but you know what? That's okay. Looking I hope the they Brian don't Hayes. Brian the reason Brian why Hayes. Yeah. The reason why I didn't like the Rich Hill signing is I want I want to see more Luis Ortiz. I think that guy's yeah. nasty and I don't He's want awesome. Rich Hill <laughs> at 78 taking away his innings. Like I don't want that. Um and they have a bunch of these veterans that what, what are you doing? Throw Luis Ortiz, throw these young guys cuz they're good and they're nasty and they need run. They'll trade them for some mid-level prospects halfway through the year and then give their sure. guys the run. But I agree. Like I want to see, I want to see the youngsters thrive. And, and I think yeah. they're going to do that. So Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's setting in a great direction. Um yeah. now D-backs time, right? Yes. National League West. National League West. D-backs. For me, it's it's embrace being America's team, but I'm going to say shock the world. Shock the world. Because I think the D-backs are the team that can shock the world this year. Odds are stacked against them. They'll probably win 83. 82 games, everyone will be like, whoa, that was exceeded expectations. But they have this, this lightning in a bottle potential that no other team has. Talk about a win total over that I'm taking. I'm probably putting, I'm probably going to take a loan out to do it because I think if it's where I think it's going to be, which is below 70, crushing it. Love their pitching, love their young talent, love what they got from some of their older guys last year, like Walker, Rojas. I think Ketel Marte can bounce back. This team, we've talked about it, has the goods to shock the world. They're going to play with nothing to lose, and I think they're going to become like America's team for next year. Kind of like the Mets, World Series or bust for the Diamondbacks this year. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, they are sneaky that, elite. <laughs> I think that starting rotation is really, really good. With Gallen, with Kelly, with Jameson, with Ryan Nelson, with Brandon Fott up. Uh, I don't want to say Madison Bumgarner's name, but I just said it. So, you know, that's It could be, that's it could be really, really, really surprising, I think, for a lot of people. Um, yeah. Los Angeles Dodgers finish the mission. The only yep. World Series title they have is the 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 Mickey Mouse 2020 season, which I, I know Dodgers fans had talked about it the other episode. Like, you can get mad at me for discrediting it. I'm sorry. Win in 162. Every time it's a 162, they dominate and they get they get knocked out in the postseason. When there's no fans and it's in random sites and they win the World Series in the Texas Rangers stadium, when the Texas Rangers aren't playing in it with barely anybody in there, sure. Congratulations. You won that. Let's see you do it in 162. I want to see them finish the drill. Uh, that's pretty much the only thing that's missing because they're one of the best run franchises in baseball. Yeah, I think the Dodgers are a perfect example of how random the playoffs are <laughs> because they have the best team every year and just something doesn't go their way. Mookie Betts hitting line drive after line drive, whereas it going right into Manny Machado's vacuum. Like they just are right there and it's just the ball is not bouncing their way. I'm not not on the side of a Mickey Mouse because they're all playing on the same parameters. Like there was no fan. It's not like there were some fans for some teams and none for others. No. Like they still won a championship and everyone was competing kind of similar to the bubble it's in the just NBA. Not as cool of a championship for me. It's just not as cool, which I think is fair. And I think Dodger fans would agree. It was it's not as cool. Still counts. Good job. Counts. You no, won. I absolutely count it. Count it. Not as cool. That's fair. Jack, is that fair? It is fair. Thank you. Uh, Jeff Conine is the biggest proponent of anti-2020 anything, which is really funny just because of the grind of a 162, which I can understand. But again, you can only play with what's in front of you. San Francisco Giants, stay positive because 
look, the, this season wasn't going to be a good one for them regardless, even with Correa. Even if they signed freaking Aaron Judge, right? They would have been better. Wouldn't have been a playoff team. They made some other moves. They're going to, you know, they're not going to be a disaster to watch. They're more than good enough to take the family to the ballpark and go watch Jock Peterson, Michael Conforto, you know, Mike Yaskramski and, and Logan Webb. I'm not disappointed with that, right? But stay positive because if you get through this season, like Jack said on the last episode, I think they're going to sign their big fish next year, right? I, I think that's coming through free agency, Devers, Soto, Otani, whoever it may be, Machado. Um, stay positive, get through this year, brighter days ahead. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, I, I would expect to finish fourth. And if you don't and you finish higher, view it as positive. Jock Peterson season, baby. Let's go. Jock. Padres, manage the egos. Yeah. The only thing I can think about here. You got Manny Machado going into a contract here. You got Fernando Tatis with the team, you know, I would I would probably think is very their patience has run very thin with them. We saw them kind of, you know air that out. Xander Bogarts, by all accounts, doesn't seem like the the big ego guy, but at the end of the day, he's a $300 million player that you're adding to a team that is already chock full of $300 million players. We've seen some of the dugout blowups in the past. I think this year was really big for them in coming together. I think the Tatis thing kind of brought them together to a degree. Um, but I, I want to see how you know how they manage the egos here because there's a lot of a lot of personality and a lot of big money in on this team and probably the last year that they're all going to be together machado's opting out and i doubt they pay him so um manage the egos this feels very brooklyn nets yeah, the san diego right. padres feel very brooklyn nets they're better but i see what you're saying yeah i totally see Harden, what you're saying durant and kyrie irving like in Should theory be the that was yeah. incredible yeah yeah that's pretty damn good the one thing that's been keeping me up at night because you guys know i love my top tens where the hell are we gonna rank tatis I, I, like I, is he number good. one because no. or is do we dock him like do we push him out is he even on the shortstop rankings Fernando Tatis Jr.'s rank is keeping me up at night. I don't know what to do with him because obviously he's one of the best when healthy. Yeah. And don't blame you. Rockies. <laughs> I'll be honest. I didn't even have one. I wanted to do this one with you guys because the Colorado <laughs> Rockies, I couldn't come up with anything. Um, for me, it's, you know, they, they draw fans. They've weirdly spent money in, in some ways. I would say have a clear direction, right? They're tied to Nemo. They're tied with this. They don't get Nemo. They, then they do nothing. They pay Chris Bryant for whatever reason, uh, which is way more than anybody else would have paid. And then, you know, I just feel like they're kind of just just roaming around. We talk about teams that are stuck. This is a team that seems kind of stuck and like is okay with it because they're always going to draw in the top 10. Yeah. But have a direction. I like what they're building with the farm, so maybe they have a little bit of that. But I want to see some direction at the big league level. Here's mine. I would say enjoy the extracurriculars. And by enjoy the extracurriculars, I mean get baked and watch the Rockies fool around. Because that's about all you can do. Yeah, that's about that's all you can do. Well. Enjoy the extracurriculars that Colorado will give you as marijuana is legal there. Um, because they are out of all major league teams. It's not the Nationals, it's not the A's, it's not the Reds, it's not the Pirates. The Rockies have the lowest projected war. Wow. Like Aram, if Ezekiel Tovar doesn't launch this year and Chris Bryant doesn't <laughs> stay healthy, I mean, this team could lose a lot of games, yeah. a lot of games. Yeah. But at least they have Daniel Bard to close it down when it's 7-2 in the ninth. Locked yeah. up. 
I was going to say plan a trip to Connecticut because while Tovar is up, you're going to have Veen, Amador, Bernabel, probably Gabriel Hughes there, Romo. Like plan a trip to Hartford, Connecticut and go to a Yard Goats game at Dunkin' Donuts Park. Hell That's yeah. great. I know Colby Olsen did that last year. <laughs> yeah, he did do that. All right. I'm going to set, I, I'm going to have a stopwatch. You've got 15 seconds to say something sappy about 2022 and then we'll say bye. Fair? All right. Who first? You are. I'm first. Ready? Three, All two, right. one, go. I'll do it a bunch of small phrases. Uh, more growth than I could have ever imagined. More fun than I could have ever imagined. Really appreciate you guys. Really appreciate everybody that has helped us grow and be able to do this for an actual living and can't wait to spend 2023 with everybody. Legitimately and forever indebted to everyone who listens. Boom. Here we go. 16 seconds. All right. Uh, me next or Peter next? You next. Me next? Okay. We're so stupidly lucky to be able to do this every day, and uh, it's so much fun, and I am living out my baseball dreams right now with you guys, and uh, it's just fun to sit in front of a microphone and talk about baseball and have people that align with us on that. So here's to more of that in 23. Okay, Peter, three, two, one, go. I love all the listeners of the Just Baseball Show from the bottom of my heart. Um, I came into this with kind of no media background. I just jumped into it. I got to thank from the bottom of my heart again, Jack and Arm. They're the ones who's helped me through this. But if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I'd be. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. There we go. And with that, Peter. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy 2023. Yeah. Talk to you then. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.